Hi. Hi. My name is Ricardo Deacon. My name is Orla Medinas. And you're listening to The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to pick a movie the other person hasn't seen. We watch it separately and then Skype each other to discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> With no, no that she's in Toronto. Ah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, uh, this week's film was chosen by Orla. Uh, did I say you're listening to Dublin Digital Radio? If I haven't, you are listening to Dublin Digital Radio or a Dublin Digital Radio program if you're listening to one of podcast apps and stuff uh yes uh, without further ado this mo- week's movie was chosen by orla it is the dirties from 2013 uh canadian movie to honor her canadianness now uh the synopsis is the line between reality and fiction starts to blur okay this is quite funny because the google a synopsis uses the word to as like T-W-O it's a typo obviously but it says between the line between reality and fiction starts to blur this is when getting very Sheen Carruth Car- uh, isn't it <laughs> yeah to <the laughs> <laughs> blur fiction. so the line between reality and fiction starts to blur when two best friends start making a movie about getting revenge on bullies that's all in there uh the movie was directed by matt johnson produced by matt johnson matthew miller evan morgan and jared rab screenplay by matt johnson and evan morgan story by josh bowles starring matt johnson owen williams and krista madison music by jay mccarrow cinematography by jared rab and edited by Matt Johnson and Ever Morgan. Right. Um, <laughs> so why did you pick the dirties, Orla? Um, so my journey to picking this film or to this film in general starts with um, a very little scene uh, web series called Nirvana the Band the Show. Um, yeah. Which is... Have you heard of it? No. <laughs> okay. Um, which is... Matt Johnson's current project basically well it's not his current project it's kind of in the last couple of years but it's set in Toronto I was introduced to that show prior to coming here by one John Paul Clark um, he was very obsessed with it before coming here and then once we got here was very excited to go around to all the places and see where they had shot and whatnot. but um, yeah so he's kind of a legend um I like watched a few of the episodes and I was like, okay, they're 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 fine, they're kind of funny, that that's fine. And then I was volunteering at the TIFF Film Festival um, on one of the last days, I think. So if you're on one of the weekdays during the day, you're usually put on the industry screenings. So it's all the like reviewers, filmmakers, whatever that yeah. come up. So you're on the. I was on the door. It was a smaller screening. So people come up, you um, scan their ticket and stuff. They if they have press passes and all that kind of stuff, and then you know people come up every so often and try to get in when they're clearly not a press member and you have to call security. But that's another story. So whenever they come out, you have to give them a bathroom token, and if they don't want a token, if they're leaving, you have to count right. So you have a little ticker thing. So these two guys come out. Um, we had to like twenty minutes into the film, and I was like, "Oh, hey guys, you know, are you going to the bathroom? Are you coming back or washroom? Because we're in Canada." They look at you weird if you say bathroom. And uh, I look at the guy and they're like, oh, no, no, we're fine. We're, we're going. And I look at the guy and I'm like, that's... And he walks off. I look across and I make eye contact with one of the other volunteers. And I was like, is that... And they, we both go simultaneously, Nirvana, the band, the show. And he was like, how the fuck do you know about that? You're Irish. And I was like, that's a long story. So he basically I had to then obviously text uh, John he was very very jealous that I had managed to meet Matt Johnson so fast forward to a couple of weeks ago and John had been going on and on about how he got tickets to this movie by your man Matt Johnson and I had not stored the guy's name at all and I was like alright yeah okay forgot about it forgot about it forgot about it and then it was like the day before and he's like don't forget about the dirties and I was like what's the dirties again and then I googled it and I was like oh your man okay okay cool so we go down to the Paradise Cinema on Blur which is as cool as that sounds it's such a nice cinema so we land in and this is a kind of a like they were having some kind of Canadian retrospective thing or something and uh, so they were showing loads of Canadian films and 
they showed this along with one of his other things I think um, but he was there uh, and they were doing a Q&A after the screening so John got to fanboy and he spent $15 buying a poster got your man to sign it so that he could send it to uh, his friend John who's probably even more obsessed with Matt Johnson than John is so we land into the screening and I had no concept of what this film was like in, uh, completely in the dark which is probably the best I'm assuming that's how you saw it as well yeah, yeah like uh, I just knew the title because you told me the title yeah <laughs> so I feel sometimes that if you see something in a very friendly crowd for the first time so say like a cult movie or something like this where I saw it with I it was probably one of maybe five people in the entire screening who'd never seen it before so they're all laughing along and you know it's you gotta so i watched it and i was like i liked it <laughs> sort of and at the time i was like am i just kind of i don't know i was like i don't know what i really think of this and then he did a q a afterwards and i don't know how you feel about it direct your Q&As but they can also often be awful um, and in fairness the person who was asking the questions wasn't very good and basically the first thing she said was that you know, like this is a revolutionary piece of cinema and you know we're so lucky to have you here to talk about it and Matt Johnson's just like oh thanks <laughs> so I think what's interesting about him as a director as an actor and as a character and as a person is that as far as I can make out having seen that talk with him which was actually really interesting considering that the place was full of like film fans but also probably a significant amount of young filmmakers who were looking at someone who managed to make something for $10,000 get into slam dance and then he got put on it was oh what do you call your mind to clerks Kevin Smith Kevin Smith has, has like some sort of like film picks thing or something he got put into so because he was Canadian everyone went mad for him and he became this kind of star and obviously there's loads of like predominantly young men in the audience who were kind of there going tell us your secret Matt but he had like what he spoke about was really interesting about like making it was really difficult and it took them forever and they literally lived in his mother's basement and it was awful and they ran out of money and they ended up getting to this film festival and not re realizing knowing if we're even going to be able to release it because they had no releases for music or movies or people or anything <laughs> so you know it's this completely crazy thing but i think that like as a person <laughs> And as a performer, he's never playing characters that are that far away from himself. Not that he's gonna go and kill everybody in his uh, in his school, but he's got that kind of like like dorky kind of scamp who's also oddly confident in his like misplaced vision. <laughs> if that makes sense. So it's like the kind of like having the vision and and like hammering at it until the very bitter end is like really how you can describe a lot of emerging filmmakers I think so I think he's kind of an an interesting character and like as a filmmaker and as a like film producer and like now doing like tv and stuff but I do think having heard him talk about it that an awful lot of like poignance or relevance that comes from this film and how it manages to like switch itself from comedy to serious um i feel like it's obviously this is 2013 it's post columbine school shootings unfortunately have already become a sort of a mainstay of like popular culture and stuff but it's not quite at the point now but i think a lot of how sort of like poignant it ends up being was kind of accidental not necessarily something that they set out to create because this gets branded as a horror movie in a way which I don't know if it's a horror movie, if it's like social commentary, if it's all these things mixed in together. You know, it's hearing him talk about it and like them watching the film, it's hard to to like work backwards or work forwards and, and what it as they were there in 2013 making it, did they really know what they were making? And it like I don't necessarily think that's a good or a bad thing. But um yeah, I mean it's it's a mess of a film in a lot of ways. <laughs> like it's 
it's amateurish on purpose and also because of the lack of budget um but there's something so weird and unique about the film that when I watched it again because part of me wanted to pick it because there was never any chance you were ever going to stumble on this film by itself like that was never going to happen so I ended up at that screening through like just multiple weird things happening in my life and I feel feel like better for having seen it because there's so much of like filmmaking and like the ridiculous stuff of us running around with cameras and you know and the thing like with the start whenever they have like the radio mics and stuff um like being so enamored with the fact they have radio mics and and like it's yeah it feels for something especially because it's like fine footage fine footage um or like mockumentary or whatever it's like something that's been done so many times to varying degrees of success i don't know whether or not this is a successful movie or not but i like talking about it i think i find it very uh, interesting and for something that's like a directorial debut from someone who wasn't that much older whenever he went back to his old school to uh um to uh to make it but uh, yeah, I find it really interesting and kind of nuts and kind of funny, oftentimes very annoying, um, but definitely a unique experience. And as I said, I was like, there's really no way on earth that Ricardo is ever going to be able to find this. And yeah, so <laughs> further ado, Ricardo, what did you think of the dirties? Well, I'll start with the things that I liked about the dirties. It is a, uh, an hour and 28 minutes long and the credits are cool. <laughs> did you hate it uh i yeah i absolutely despise this movie like um i was sitting there with alex watching it and uh <laughs> like safe to say that we've watched like a lot of movies uh they're outside our comfort zone because of this podcast uh you'd be yeah not knowing what to expect as well because a lot of times I go blind into watching your picks because like you said sometimes it's the best way to experience a movie and if it's a movie that I haven't heard about I make a point of watching it that way so I have the the most authentic let's say take of the movie because I wouldn't have any preconceived ideas of the picture but Mm -hmm. there have been movies before that I disliked that you've picked and some that I really disliked uh, Away We Go being probably the <laughs> the the biggest offender there uh, but at least in the way we go memory. but at least with Away We Go I wasn't exactly bored by it because I thought it was so virulent I could just like <laughs> hate watch it well with this uh i felt quite bored like it was probably the first time that i watched a movie and even though it's 120 an hour and 28 minutes that i stopped i counted in the end four times to check how much left there was in the movie i felt quite bored by it yeah which is like strike number one the like obviously a movie that you're bored and of course like i'm not uh a person that dislike really slow cinema and stuff like i'll watch fucking the bellatar movie the there's like minute long shots of a light bulb or something yeah whatever but having like been at a fucking screening where bellatar spoke and he was such an awful arsehole that i'm like he's not getting any more of my patience well, like, uh, I, I, but at the same time, he uh, quit cinema to allow people to use his name to be able to uh, progress their careers in Romania as filmmakers, which is quite admirable. It's the same, I suppose, as Kevin Smith that I, I don't particularly enjoy his Uber if you take clerks out of it. But at the same time, it is quite admirable that as somebody that came from that kind of background he's always paid it forward in a way that it's like yeah allow other people to be the the exception to the rule let's say of being like without money and without people like movies like this get released and made because of kevin smith so you have to Mm -hmm. give him props for it 
Um, I think the 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 movie itself. Uh, there's a couple of issues when it comes to the actual that I I found that it comes to the actual conception of the movie that are completely flawed and I wasn't able to look past those issues. Uh, I didn't like to begin with is the fact that the camera operator is at no point a character but also the movie completely forgets that there's camera operators because it has to be in plural because scenes that are happening at the same time there's two camera operators zooming in it's not like some like youtube uh shows and stuff that you have that uh, is one cameraman but they'll put like a camera on a tripod and then go around and record handheld like yeah, well, cutaways like or whatever end, it's like at the end where he puts the gopro on the locker and stuff it's like kind of obviously yeah like if it was shit like that that it is obviously not being manned i'd get it but in this case the the it, there's n- a number of scenes that it cuts from two different shots and the camera actually zooms in while they're having conversations. So it suggests two camera people, but also it goes in to say, like Owen says like a bunch of times that Matt only talks to Owen and he has literally zero other people that walk around him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, uh, that makes absolutely no sense because there's like clearly at least other two people that hang around these guys and also somehow get into all the classes for school and shit. And Alex proposed the idea that it would be quite interesting if everything was happening in Matt's head. That That's like the, the film is actually being created in his head. But at the same time, he shows the footage to Owen a number of times. So by yeah. definition, then Owen sees this as an existent part of material but completely ignores that there's this voiceless person that again it perhaps would have been interesting especially because he tags along with the fucking school shooting that it's like what would his reaction be whenever that happens you know but mm-hmm. at no point even like considering the how they're bullied and stuff that um they always are not like he'd be the first guy to get bullied because he's going around with a camera like he would have been acknowledged by the bullies so it's every single scene uh doesn't pass the test for uh suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. because time and time again like i i'm willing to watch something like blair witch project or even cloverfield and thinking that people won't put the camera down because people are stupid i quite like cloverfield it's mostly because the characters are so awful that whenever they start getting killed you're kind of like enjoying it yeah Um, like i don't mind it either but like i still believe that that character because it's awful will keep rolling the camera like it makes no sense but at the same time it's your man from silicon valley yeah yeah uh, yeah oh yeah i think he might possibly be a douche in real life as well so like uh it, 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 I, 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 like i'm not object to the idea of a, a mockumentary or um found footage films mm-hmm. but in this case, I, I I think that it was the the wrong way as well because it's such a, a especially in the low budget sphere. Mm-hmm. It's the the go to thing to go. It's like either make it black and white or make it a fucking mockumentary or found footage because it's the way to hide your budget supposedly. And I think that the best movies that are really low budget are the ones that decide to work within their parameters that they have. Uh, One case in point being Primer, that is a movie that embraces its uh, lack of budget, but so it makes everything look awful and unglamorized. Which is great because it's, it's an aesthetic, um, though it works for the exactly and truly unique to that movie. And it's not trying to ape a Hollywood movie because it knows it can't do it. But at the same time, it's not going for the easiest fucking solution, which is make it black and white or Mm -hmm. found footage. Um, 
And also, like, I think that the uh, it doesn't do anything original with it. Like, the original part would be, like, the idea of them making the movie and then being watching the movie while they're making the movie, which is, okay, fair enough, uh, a novelty, but it doesn't go anywhere. It's not a particularly deep or intertwined with the themes of the movie. Like, I'm not surprised by what you described in your in your description of the Q&A that they didn't really know what they were getting at while they were making the movie. I uh, kind of knew that you were going to compare it to Primer, which I don't think is entirely fair because obviously Shane Carruth is kind of a thing onto himself. But at the same time, like I think what you've said so far in your criticisms are definitely valid. But the yeah, the camera thing didn't really bother me because it was just so ridiculous. That well, I like uh, the thing with Shane Carruth is just like the idea of making a movie. Like even if you watch Clerks, it, okay, it made it black and white, but it was unique when it came out that perhaps only Slacker was a movie about like people just talking and having no plot etc that's yeah. why it's uh, in its way it was revolutionary so uh, you can't complain about it that way you know it's like all these movies that uh, like Slacker that came out to have its very distinct style and feel and you know, it doesn't steal as much uh, as this movie does. Like, and I'm not saying about like the the incessant uh, referencing to other movies that this does, because I remember making my own films in high school, and there's a movie that I made called The Godson for Pete's sake. So, like, it's not. I'm not. I've uh, seen some of those. Yeah, like, <laughs> so like, I, I'm not above the the material. Like, I know that that's exactly what you do when you're in high school and you're trying to make your own movies because you don't know shit. You know, you don't know shit from Shinola, so you just steal from other people and just pretend that you're cool about it. But it's a very cool way of learning how to make movies because then you realize why it works in the other movies and it doesn't work on yours mm-hmm. but so much of it also uh hinges like i think that it would have been a far more interesting picture if it actually doubled down on that concept that they're making the movie at the same time showing the movie etc mm-hmm. this kind of meta style the they're both the makers and the audience of the movie that they're making and mm-hmm. how it shapes their actual perception of the world, etc. I don't I think that the whole school shooting thing is both morally reprehensible but also doesn't make it a better movie or fits in the movie that they're making, you know. Um it felt in a way to the prequels of Star Wars. They... <laughs> oh, see now you're bringing me around. <laughs> because whenever you're watching uh, 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 the prequels, it's like okay, Anakin starts this way, and when you end it, it has to be Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And throughout the movie, he the 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 series, he does things, and you Spoiler. ask yourself. Why does the character does these things? And you go, because George Lucas needs him to be Darth Vader. (laughs) And I think that so much of this movie does that, that it's like, why does Matt does these things? Or why does he have a cousin that looks more like his friend rather than him? Uh, a cousin that has like a... It probably was. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That that has like... In In fairness, that's very Canadian. Like yeah. that's not, I mean that's not as weird as that seems. Like as it's not as plot contrivancy as it seems. Yeah, but like at no point before or after he gets mentioned. Yeah. You know, like it's just like oh we go there uh, and again, uh, why was it planned or not? Like supposedly he's planning to, like it makes not even uh, there's no logic even within the logic of the movie. Because he's going there supposedly to train himself to shoot so he can do the the school shooting. But then he hadn't invited Owen to go because reasons. Like if they're supposed to do the shooting together when you invite your like partner to actually learn how to use the weapons as well. Um, 
basically the way that I saw it was that they made super bad, but it's found footage and then they put a school shooting in it and none of them really make sense within the world of the movie or have enough depth to warrant uh, their existence in the plot of the movie like it doesn't go deep enough for uh, the analysis of school shootings of why it happens and how it happens for to warrant uh, its presence in the movie uh, the same with the idea of the found footage it, it, it alludes to a better idea that doesn't actually go anywhere and when it comes to the friendship between the two of them it doesn't feel with like like we were discussing about in the last episode about like female uh, relationships and uh, uh, coming of age stories in mm-hmm. a way uh, just because there's a certain lack of those movies uh, you're sometimes willing to give them a wider berth because there's less to compare it to mm-hmm. well coming of age boy stories there's so many of them that it's like does this tell me anything new about it like even it doesn't make sense like Owen doesn't go to the fucking cops or anything like when they bust up because I would believe it if it is like somebody that doesn't believe that Matt will go through with it but then Mm -hmm. at the same time there's scenes in the movie of him like just listening to Matt and clearly getting freaked out about it towards the towards the end definitely yeah and like the fact that yeah it's it's like it's because especially like on a second watch his like kind of development of his fear of his friend is quite pronounced because there's definitely like I feel like there's a lag in the middle of it definitely and then as it builds towards the end it sort of gets itself back together but like I think part of like the small strength in the final scene (laughs) is through Owen's face I think and how like the fear is com- like completely realised now he follows him and everything like I think that scene is quite good but um also considering yeah, that the, the he left all the other weapons behind and uh, his pistol is out of ammunition as well so it's just actually the fear that that carries it but again I don't know if it's an accident or intentional that the pistol is out of ammunition because he doesn't shoot enough bullets to yeah. waste a clip it might be the case that like they only had a certain amount of blanks and I they think, didn't realize. Yeah, I think what he said was that they did that like twice or possibly only once, like that entire sequence. So, um, like fair enough. But um, I think the guy who plays Owen is actually quite good, though. I don't, I don't think he ever acted before or since. But um, yeah, I'm kind of curious because uh, <laughs> when I saw this first, I didn't even have quite as uh. uh aggressive uh, reaction to it as you had but I definitely didn't like it or think it was very good and um which was funny because like especially watching an audience of people who were just like this is incredible and like afterwards I remember whenever we were like walking and uh we were like talking about it, it was like you know oh, what like what, what what are good school shooting movies and I was like elephant and what's hilarious is that the Guardian article that I managed to find reviewing this from like 2014 maybe um (laughs) i would read it i assume it's from i don't know it wouldn't have been from slam dance but it would have been from maybe whenever it did the festival run after this and uh (laughs) it compares it to elephant and i was reading it earlier and i was like oh no (laughs) the thing is like the reason I picked this is because I don't think it's it's like good, definitely not. I think I think it's a mess, but I also had the more I thought about it after I watched it that first time and I was so just like meh and then like the interview with him was really interesting and I thought he said really interesting stuff about like he's not this guy that's like, yeah, I made this like Sundance darling and yeah I'm you know I'm he's I think is mystified as to why he became as successful as he did as anybody else's which I find kind of interesting and the way he's like describing it and like if you see him in interviews from the time and stuff it's just really funny but um I was thinking about this just as you were talking there and I'd be curious what you think if this 
does this film feel like it came out in 2013 or does it feel like it came out earlier? Because for me, this feels like it's 2005 and if it had been 2005, it would have had much more relevance. Like, I, I think it's timelessly shit. <laughs> Okay, fair. As, like I think that like uh, at the same time because of the uh, like spate uh, in uh, school shootings in the last two years or so, I mm-hmm. think if it came out now, it'll be morally more despicable than it was then because it'll be clearly trying to cash in into one of the most horrible things that can happen uh, mm-hmm. in a culture. Let's say. Um, but I think that uh, as a movie, it just it feels outdated in a way that uh, I don't know. It, it feels perhaps that it is made earlier than 2013, but at the same time, it just it's not so, even just technically, like thematically. But it, like, but even thematically, it's so it's hard to pinpoint for me because it's so inept in its exploration of its themes because mm. I think one of the bigger problems in the movie is that the character playing Owen is very believable performer Matt you can tell that he's the writer producer editor in the movie that is like it's really too showy a performance mm-hmm. like it feels like a performance but not in the way that Owen says that is like somebody that acting all the time because they want to be in the movie or whatever it just mm-hmm. feels it's not controlled enough to be able to do that and it's also not uh, there's no change in the performance in itself because let's say if Owen like, from the beginning to from the beginning of the movie that supposedly is the good times to the moment that Owen says you're just acting now it's not that he was acting then, but he hasn't changed whatsoever in the way of behaving or, or acting, let's say. So there's like some interesting ideas, but they're completely just named. Like even the fact that he... <laughs> oh, I like that. That was good. <laughs> they're just named. Like even when it, it comes into like being a psychopath or something that like out of nowhere, he starts reading a book about psychology and psychiatry and no 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 it is the columbine book but uh it just like out of nowhere be like he'd be quoting it and trying like it it literally felt like a bad uh college essay you know that you (laughs) find like a quote and it's like oh don't make my argument relevant I i can tag everything around that I do, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm curious because I find this, I find this film an odd thing. Like, why is it? Do you think that this film became so successful? Uh, well, part of it is uh, perhaps because it is Canadian. Uh, so, like in Canada, it makes sense because you just need to win an award somewhere and then you're in the headlines you're Mm -hmm. can become the the poster child it's like something like pilgrim hill that it just like oh the the air film yeah that he Mm -hmm. did something similar of like low budget etc and like i'm not particularly big fan of of his movies because uh i don't have anything really wrong to say about pilgrim hill or glassland just to say that they were like good <laughs> but like they they weren't particularly like pushing the limit on either way but yeah like uh, I think that the success is perhaps uh, just when it came out um, 2013 probably is like the peak or the beginning of like the YouTuber bloom boom so yeah. he was uh from what you're saying he's always been involved in that kind of like creator or is that well, from after the, no the series is from like recently like that's that's way after that uh well way after it but it's not that far like that's not that old um yeah well, i think it's more i think it more if you take it out of the like canadian context it's more well like it's it baffles more, me say, 
it's more like say like that Guardian review right where it's just like a short festival review whatever where someone goes in they don't really have any real contacts with the person they don't care about it, the fact that they're Canadian and yet they give it this roaring review comparing it to Elephant and I'm just curious as to like is there something about the time I'm trying to think about 2013 and like, uh, I, what was 2013 like I think perhaps it is the 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 thing that happens a lot with the film critics in festivals that they end up enjoying things that are slightly different more than they would on a normal basis because uh, even though they do review a lot of movies anyways they're not as concentrated as when you go to Cannes or or Toronto or Berlin that you're watching three or four movies a day so when mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day most of those movies are gonna be samey no matter what festival you go to uh, even if they were amazing you're just watching like amazing movie Hollywood movies or whatever like uh, you know character studies or uh, so you end up walking into something that is slightly different than yeah, I know what you're saying, and I, I, I agree that it's the same thing of Sundance as well. Is that like a lot, especially Sundance, where things become like indie darlings and stuff, and they get like, and it's all anybody talks about, and mostly it's just because it's something that someone did something slightly different. It stands out when you've watched like ten movies in one day. But it's more I'm asking like the fact that this has got like seventy nine percent on Metacritic, and you know they're not based on festival reviews. It's like it's got a you know relatively okay. Rotten Tomato score. Well, like, you know. Sometimes it's like it's just the fact that my taste doesn't match. Like sometimes what it it, it doesn't have the the pulse of the zeitgeist. Like uh, at times. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I definitely like it more than you do. But I still, I don't know. I find it an odd. It is baffling that it is as successful as it is. But mm. at the same time, it is like commendable to go out and do your own thing so i can't really fault well, it that, that it's done yeah and like even though i do think that is cashing in on the the fucking school shootings for the fact of being able to sell the movie i think it would have been way more interesting like i said of having perhaps a very similar structure but it's just a movie about the falling out of a friendship by using the the concept of always being in on camera being able to see a scene that you know when you have a fight with somebody it's not usual that you're able to like watch how you behaved in that fight on screen and then be able to judge your own behavior and i think that that is far more interesting than something about a school shooting that doesn't really go deep into that either mm. um, it's not even really because I see a lot of reviews as well of people talking about it being like a great explanation of bullying no like I, I think know, it's in, so oversimplified like, like you know nothing about the people that are targeting them you don't you know it's like it's kind of like the bullies in Kiki's delivery service like there's no real there's no real shape to them they're just kind of like from Kiki's perspective like generic bad people you know it's not like I don't know like have you seen something like Sex Education uh, I've seen a couple of episodes but not it's too really much. very good the second season is fantastic um, but they have their kind of standard bully character in it and they do something interesting with it I'm not saying that like Sex Education is flawless because it's definitely not there are things wrong with it but it manages to take a nuanced look at sexual and also emotional relationships and friendships and stuff that you don't often see particularly in teen films um obviously whenever you're doing it in a like eight ten episode series you have more time but like when you compare it to something like fucking euphoria uh, if anyone ever wanted to cash in on the ires of the youth of today that's stupid i really didn't like euphoria <laughs> But it, what's in the news throw it in the script fentanyl do it um, but like but, uh, in this case it's kind of like fucking yeah like the, the the bullies are so cartoonish and so cliched and it's so like you were talking about in the Kiki's Delivery Service how the movie didn't feel 80s while the bullies in this movie feel like straight out of fucking Back <laughs> to the Future like 
you know like uh, yes, one of the characters should have been called revenge. Biff kind of thing yes and or Buff <laughs> Biff Buffington but even though like the movie does reference like Back to the Future because of the of the credit and stuff at the end but mm. it's uh, it's really really I don't know like uh, both boring and disconcerting and then not like doesn't really do anything interesting per se as a movie like if you took out the fact that it is an extremely low budget movie and that like the the behind the scenes of the movie Mm. like if i'm just judging for what is on the screen there's not that much there to um to hang on to and i do think that like he like I haven't seen the the show that you described and he probably will make good movies because clearly he has a certain technical knack to it but it feels exactly it doesn't feel too differ it uh, too dissimilar to the style of filmmaking the students are making that mm-hmm. is like oh let me get things that worked in other movies and put it into this movie as you were saying of what was your phone call again? the godson it did actually it did make me think when i was watching it the other day of um do you remember did you have an idea once at one point that we were going to make a film about us making a film so it was going to be like a documentary about or no it was going to be a film about us making a film where you also actually make the film that's in the film yeah uh, <laughs> i remember that i was like yeah i'm feeling like how would we logistically do that um literally the but, only thing that stopped us is because we only have one camera that's true um what was i gonna say um yeah i do i do there are certain parts of this that i absolutely laugh my ass off at one of which is the use of that incredibly cliched it i put it up where there with like scenes of characters running in movies as a way to like work through their aggression or you know whatever plaguing them in whatever particular film it is um <laughs> the thing of like young people on bikes going down a like open road um <laughs> and they use what's the band that they use I laughed so hard at that shot where they're just kind of there and it's it's the same thing if like Donnie Darko does it oh yeah when uh, when he springs him out by just like asking him to get down (laughs) yeah it's so stupid Um, I do like that scene at the fire though it's quite but again because like Owen is actually a good actor it's like you feel like if they had just used him more or written it more around just their relationship but made it like where Matt is an actual character instead of just kind of playing a more buffoonish version of himself it's like I don't know like I find it hard to completely like because the school shooting but I'm like conflicted about but I feel because they're like dumb kids and like they're like as far as I can tell their like ability to like transcend to any level of success off the back of this was kind of unintentional and that you know he didn't come from he didn't know anybody in the film industry it wasn't like nepotism that got him where he is I don't know I'm not saying that I gave it a pass or anything but it's just I kind of factor it into whenever I think yeah but at the same time is uh, like you're you're describing what he's selling to be his narrative now true it's like uh, if he said, oh, yeah, I put it there because th- that way it would be like whenever you're if you send this movie to a festival and in the director statement and in the synopsis that they read before watching the movie, it just says, oh, this movie is about a school shooting. You actually sit up and watch it more intently than it is like a movie about two guys just walking around talking. Mm-hmm. like uh, if it's like somebody that didn't have a name or whatever at the end of the day he also sent it to those festivals it, like he it's not like so a movie that got discovered kind of thing mm. it's not yeah, a I'm movie not, that I'm not trying to plant this as pure like you know what I mean I just think it's like like I don't think you can believe to take it to his word that maybe like maybe it wasn't like a completely uh uh conscious decision that like a plus b equals c but even at a subconscious level it it has to be said that it it is a commercial decision to have the 
it's either commercial or lack of imagination and either one doesn't make better the decision kind of thing you know it's like oh not having the the strength of your convictions to just make the movie about the friendship there there is like a nugget of a good idea in there somewhere but i don't think like every time that it gets close to doing something interesting or good that goes the other direction um but that's why i'm saying that it's like probably uh like Matt Johnson clearly has a certain amount of talent. He's not completely devoid of talent, no. but um, like the same way that like Away We Go, I hated it and it was made by Sam Mendes, a director that like I genuinely and generally like. Even in his fl- like all his films are flawed in one way or another, but they're not as putrid as Away We Go usually. <sighs> But so on that note, Ricardo, what was your favorite thing <laughs> about this movie? Uh, yeah. It's uh, now we're <laughs> twenty eight minutes longer. The credits are kind of cool. Very nice. I like how you bookended that quite nicely. <laughs> like the credits are generally cool, like uh, and actually links thematically to the rest of the movie. And I thought uh, if they had given as much thought about the themes of the picture as they did to the credits, perhaps we have a better picture in our hands um but like i did quite enjoy talking about it and it's quite um what you might call it like interesting the way that you decided to pick a movie that you think is quite flawed yourself and it's uh presenting the question of why it was successful like i can't it's answer weird, that but... it's a weird thing though i don't because there are to a certain extent i can't like because there are moments in it particularly in the second time where I was like yeah and then like two minutes later you're like this is shit again it's such an odd per- mess perhaps it's like the uh, not being as much as a mess of this because I quite like it because it has its heart in its correct place and I still get chills at the last shot but I remember watching the secret life of Walter Mitty in the press screening in like Savoy and that screening I thought that the movie was one of my favorite movies ever and Mm -hmm. then I rewatched it in view in Leafy Valley by a really hostile crowd and uh, I really didn't like it and then the next time I watched it it was by myself and I kind of landed in the middle of both Mm. really like opposite sides but I think that even though that movie is a hot mess of a movie, it still <laughs> tries to thematically be coherent in a way that this movie never does. Uh, and also, it's like you were saying that like there's a good moment and then like it turns to shit kind of thing. It's <laughs> I, I like I didn't think there were like moments. Uh, hinting at quality but really never getting there but with better quality than the 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 rest of the movie hinting at quality i did the scene where he goes and talks to his mom is very funny like and also kind of creepy because she's just like so canadian as well like she's extremely canadian everyone in canada is that canadian uh (laughs) i can confirm um I think I'm trying to think of my favorite thing was probably that I what I discovered is that when you really don't like something you tend to describe it as the picture. Yeah. <laughs> Me? I mean, yeah. You said it about 15 times in the last like 20 minutes, and I'm quite curious what it is. Has someone kind of marred the word the picture in your head and like as describing because in my head describing a film as a picture is a positive thing but you seem to only use it for like negative reviews so I'm quite curious as to why but um other than that I think my favorite thing is probably Owen um I think his performance is great um and just the fact that it's such a weird fucking thing and I keep thinking about it I don't know I do like uh, the the guy playing Owen and like the the acting in general is quite good uh, even like the in a different movie like Matt Johnson's performance would actually be quite adequate if not good in itself but mm. I think that it struggles with the verite of everybody else's performances and his performance seems incredibly performy 
you know, like the same way that he, the character goes into the idea of like making himself cool. It almost mm. seems that he went through the so- same process, but without having enough meat. To, like, again, as I talk, the movie seems to have more depth than it actually has. You know what I mean? That is like, that it describes the theme because it, it says it, that like the idea of performance and everything, his performance, but it's like, pointing at it it's like if we watched a movie about like a guy that is sexist and in the first scene somebody goes you're sexist and then for the rest of the movie the character doesn't change (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's kind of like oh okay i get it anything else so um, so, uh, what was your least favorite thing uh about 128 minutes of it uh no i'm joking like um possibly like the the idea that it is uh, a school shooting movie i think it doesn't earn the right to use that whatsoever like and i don't think like you can have a movie that is uh, like a comedy like four lines about something incredibly uh, serious like suicide bombing but the movie is actually making a point and actually creating a world that exists besides uh, shock you to shock an audience so it's not that topics can't be touched uh, in new ways for example like I haven't seen Jojo Rabbit yet but I don't have a, a in itself uh, a critique on the approach to the movie either if the execution is successful or not is a completely different kettle of fish but like i don't mind having a comedy about the holocaust like i actually non-ironically like life is beautiful i think like roberto benini really is able to to walk that tight rope between comedy and drama and tragedy in that movie and even though again uh is one of those movies that people go, how was it so successful when it came out? And I don't think it's the greatest movie ever or even like the, the best movie about the Holocaust or even the best movie of the Holocaust that came out that year because there's a Tim Blake Nelson movie that's really good that came out that year. I think it's like called Grey Smoke or something. It's with Harvey Keitel and stuff. It's really weird, but good. Um, but in general, I don't like... I'm not, um, uh, I, I don't criticize a movie just because it picks a, 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 an important subject and uses an important means to talk about that subject. But if you pick something that is both current or deep and real like that, you have to have a, an actual take on the movie rather than it will probably sell. You know what I mean? It's kind of... It's same like as in the those like romantic sexist comedies of like the early two thousands like Hitch or whatever that is like completely disgusting because just you're selling the idea of not being uh, sexist by presenting a character that is completely fake and cartoonishly sexist that it's like oh everybody can change this way but it, it doesn't actually if make you a meet the right woman yeah. It doesn't actually make a comment on society or whatever. So it's even a, in a more low-key value, it still has the same effect if a movie doesn't have the conviction to actually tackle what it's trying to to tackle. And something... Uh, is Even like the idea of like uh, going back to your own school to do a film about a school shooting, it's incredibly creepy in a way that's true actually and i think yeah actually that is quite fucked up and it's like almost that you're like you actually were fantasizing about it because that's the idea you come out to fucking do and especially like just shortly after so i like i I don't actually know how long after it was i think maybe a couple years and like the the teacher muldoon is like completely right with he's like you can't have a a film where there's a school shooting kind of thing there like I think he's the only character that feels 
completely out of the movie in a sense like because Owen's performance is really really good but his character arc per se is a movie character arc which makes him more even more egregious because he's able to sell the reality of the character but he's led, laden with this plot behavior like I was saying about the prequel trilogy of Star Wars the characters do shit because at the end Come they have to be the somewhere back. yeah and that's my least favorite thing uh, what's your least favorite thing um probably the untapped potential of it i would say like they really i think there could have been something like really brilliant here um and it just isn't and it just ends up being a bit of a mystery really um it's a yeah, damp squib it is a bit of a damp squib no that's not even the right description for it it's, it's something else i don't know i'm trying to think of like it's funny when I was thinking about 2013, right? And because to me that doesn't seem like it's that long ago, but it, it is. It's quite a long time ago. It's like, you know, in movie terms of like eras of movies, of things that have gone on since then. Because um, uh, when did Frost Nixon come out? Uh, 2009, I think. Let's see. Yeah, maybe. Or like The King's Speech or any of those like. 2008 so it was one year okay, off yeah. yeah um we put on frost next the other day and i'd never actually seen it and i was like i remember this getting really good reviews and people saying that they liked it and we put on the first 20 minutes of it and i was like this is ghastly this is so fucking terrible and then we tried to watch something else from that time i was like films from not very like we're talking 10 years ago max are not aging well at all from a i don't know if it's a level of like mediocrity or something from that like mid period of the early knots i don't know what it is but even like i i recommend going back and maybe rewatching some of those films like they're obviously very mainstream films and stuff but i don't know i remember like um little white lies or somebody did a whole series on obama era cinema and like what influence a president's administration and, and the period of time when films come out and why is it that the batman films came out like as in the, the nolan batman films came out during a period of um stability or whatever is there like a reaction based on you know it's just kind of interesting and i kind of want to look into it more and that's why i was kind of curious about was there something about this being in 2013 but i don't know um like uh, i have to say that i've enjoyed talking about this movie a lot more that i <laughs> enjoyed actually watching it but i'm sorry that i took a, a social experiment and inflicted it on you with no prior warning i didn't well, think you're gonna hate it as much as i did well like uh, like uh, again i don't re like it's what makes the podcast interesting is that sometimes we we take these wild swings not knowing what the other person is <laughs> gonna think and sometimes you just want to talk about a movie so yeah i, I don't know sometimes i want to like sort out my thoughts on something or something but uh, at least it was short <laughs> yeah and <laughs> i have to point. say that your story about how you got to uh, see this movie was more interesting than the movie itself <laughs> but it was quite interesting yeah. i was like this is more deserving than this movie deserves let's say like uh, i don't know i think maybe because it's like kind of wrapped up in my early time in canada as well i don't know but uh anyways thank you for participating in the survey uh you can leave your filled in <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that was the dirties um seek it out uh <laughs> Email us your thoughts, please. Um, so yeah, where can they find us? Regarding? They can find us on Facebook at the right. No, that, that's Twitter. <laughs> they can find us on Facebook, the recommendation game on Twitter at the right game on Dublin Digital Radio every second Monday now, and uh, on the recommendation game at gmail.com. Next week's film is Ricardo's pick. It is indeed. What are you picking? I am picking Anatomy of a Murder. Very cool. Quite excited. I think that's on Netflix, possibly. Um, fabulous. Well, until then, I was Matt Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Hope he doesn't listen to this one. <laughs> oh, I intend to tag him profusely. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> I was Arlo Guinness. I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. See you next week or the week after. Bye weekly. <laughs> <laughs>